Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss. And today on the show, we have Krista Marquardt from the New Convention podcast. The New Convention is all about living life differently. So if you've ever wondered what it takes to do just that, then you're going to love this episode. Let's get started. Well, good day, everyone. How are you all today? I trust that Things are not too crazy in your part of the world with the ongoing pandemic and all of the restrictions that are being imposed upon us all. I took some time this morning to get into the ocean to go spearfishing. Yep, that's right. In the middle of winter, the water's pretty cold. It's about 16 degrees, but the wetsuit fixes that. So no issue. Uh, And I got to leave all of the craziness of humanity behind for a couple of hours It's funny how you can completely forget about the news and all of the disasters of the world uh, just in nature, just for a few hours. Uh, As soon as I got back to the car and I popped the radio on, it was talking about the damn pandemic again. So I switched that off and listened to some music and I totally ignored the madness of the world. And it felt good to switch off, to unplug. And I think I'm going to do that some more as all of this isolation and bad news, it seems to be cumulative. On, on a person, particularly me, uh, and I didn't realize how it was kind of dragging me down. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you quickly to remind you to be kind to yourself and take some time to get back to nature, as that certainly does help, especially with all the bad news around. Today on the podcast, we have Krista Marcourt from the New Convention Podcast. Krista is deeply passionate about a living life differently. Her tagline, which I love, is trade in the conventional for something more intentional. And I love that. Now, if this is your first time here at the Goal In Show, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here on the Goal In Podcast. Before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there. And don't forget to ring the bell as well. That way you'll always have some go all in motivation and some go all in love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and family. Krista has an important message that she's going to share with us on the podcast. And if we can just help one or two people to break through their barriers and get unstuck, then we would have done our job here on the show today. All righty, let's get into this. As you'll hear from, Chris, from today's interview, Krista's podcast is a great reminder that your ideal life is much closer than you think. She loves to tell stories of people living by their own rules for a more sustainable, abundant, and meaningful life. It's everything from lifestyle to relationships, mindset to money, and lots of other things in between as well. If it's unconventional, then Krista will certainly share it with you. Krista's go-all-in story is a welcome reminder to us all that life is happening to us right now and that we shouldn't define ourselves by what we do for a living. Instead, we should live in accordance with our values and allow that to set the course and define the purpose of our lives. I'm excited she's here, so please help me in welcoming Krista Marquardt. Krista Marquardt, welcome to the Goal In Podcast. It's great to have you here. Uh, It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a little bit of a journey that you and I have been on, and I'm sure we're going to get into (laughs) some of that here on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to getting a little bit of an update, actually, and hearing how it's all going for you, how it's all tracking for you. But before we get into the show today and uh, kick off and make all of that happen, let's let's get to know you a little bit for the people that are listening in and watching that have never met you or heard of you before. Tell us about you. Where are you from? There's a funny accent on the end there. Uh, (laughs) I just got to make fun of that. Come on, come on. I'm an Aussie. (laughs) 
It's American accents for those of you that might think it's Canadian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I moved to Australia about five years ago and absolutely love it. I'm trying to get citizenship, but it keeps getting postponed due to COVID. So hopefully someday I can say I'm Australian and maybe my, my Aussie words and my accent will pass in 10 years or so. <laughs> Maybe I don't think so. It's, I've it's learned possible, a lot of new words. <laughs> <laughs> Whereabouts in the US you from? Um, I'm from Colorado originally. Yeah, okay. but and I what consider bring, what brought you to Sydney? My husband's job. So we moved here for his job. But before we moved here, we tried. We've been trying to move here forever. Um, so it was like a six-year journey of knowing we wanted to come, and then finally finding an organization that would move us. So it isn't like Colorado utopia of the United States in the mountains and the snow <laughs> and all the outdoor and all of that stuff. Isn't it like a beautiful place? It is. It's very diverse. So you have, you have the plains, you have the mountains, you have the desert. There's a lot Amazing. going on in Colorado and I do love it, but it's very, very dry. So your lips are constantly chapped and your skin's constantly dry, but it's gorgeous. Um, yeah. I, I'm actually, I consider Seattle home. That's where we lived before we moved here. And Seattle is also stunning um, and perfect kind of moisture level for your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Although it does rain a lot. So that's Colorado is very sunny and Seattle's very rainy. Well, I was going to say Colorado sounds like it's got everything, but it's just w missing one critical piece that we have here in Australia everywhere, which is the beach, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's definitely missing that. <laughs> what, what's that like for an American coming here? Is that still a novelty for you even after all this time? Because where you live on the northern beaches of Sydney, it's like some of the best in Australia for heaven's oh, sake. Oh, it never gets old. And um, well, I, I told you we were looking to move house and we haven't had very much luck because we have a giant dog and nobody <laughs> wants to rent to us. But um, we refuse to move away from the beach because we love it so much. And some of the real estate agents are like, oh, maybe you should move inland. And I'm like, no, I didn't move to the other side of the world to live inland. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is we live on an island, right? So you need to be near the water, you need to be the yes. edge of the island. That's the yeah. point. That's right. <laughs> well, excellent. Excellent. All right, Krista, thanks for sharing a little bit of that with us there on the front end of the podcast. Tell us a little bit about what you're into and what you've been working on because that's been a, uh, a work in progress. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so I've been working on a podcast with you and I can't highly, if anyone wants to start a podcast, go with Robert. He's amazing. Um, but I've been, I love public speaking and I've always wanted to find an outlet uh, to be able to speak more. Um, and the project that I've recently been working on the past six months, really, um, it's called the new convention. So I interview people who live differently, which I think is a a very timely topic given the times that we're in right now. Um, so yes. yeah, individuals who are living by their own rules and really creating new conventions around lifestyle, relationships, money and career. And um, it's been a, a huge journey for me. Just learning from my guests has been amazing. I want to just back up just a second there because you said something that was a little bit crazy to a lot of people listening and watching is that you love public speaking. A lot of people, that's like a bigger fear than, than dying for some people. What, what is it that particularly uh, draws you to that and that's attractive to you? Um, I think I just love the energy of it. Uh, especially, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can be scared of public speaking depending on what the situation is and, and why I have to stand up and public speak. But in general, um, I've just always loved teaching. Uh, my whole life, I'm also in learning and development. So I do a lot of teaching and leadership training. I've been a yoga teacher and 
So being able to get up in front of people and help them and, and provide opportunities to learn and inspire to me is just such a gift and it, it just gives me so much energy. So I, I do love it. And, and what have you learned about your public speaking skills, learning to podcast? Because that's something, it's a little bit different than it's public so different. speaking. <laughs> you know, I, I remember when I learned how to podcast, like you're trying to doctor a conversation is really what you're doing. And um, it feels so awkward and clunky and clumsy to begin with. And it's like, I'm good at this. I can go to the pub and talk to somebody for five hours and drink 14 <laughs> beers. Why can't I do this damn podcasting thing? What did you yeah, learn about yourself? I think, I think it's different because with public speaking, especially when I'm typically doing a public speaking engagement, it's just uh, myself speaking. And I do engage with the audience, but it's very different than an interview. Mm. Um, and so I, I do find that where I, when I thought I was an excellent public speaker and I go back and I listen to my recordings and I'm saying so and um and uh, it's just not as clear as I was hoping it was going to be, but I think eventually I'll get there where it's easy. I think the virtual aspect, having a camera in your face, knowing it's being recorded is a little bit daunting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you as good at it as you thought you were like public speaking? I mean, I think so. I think I am. Um, just because I've won a lot of awards in my field, not necessarily due to public speaking specifically, but mainly because of the programs that I've run and getting up in front of people. And so I do think I, I don't want to sound like I'm cocky or anything, but I do yeah. think that's a gift that I have as public speaking. I think it's really important that you know your place when you're trying to do something like that. For, for me, I, I was never very good at public speaking. Uh, my background really? in the military, no, no. My background <laughs> in the military is instruction. Like you don't learn to public speak in the military when you're, as you move up through ranks and you do different, different jobs, you learn to instruct people. And it's quite different to public speaking. You know, the, the joke that we used to have around the parachute school was, you know, the, the baby paratroopers would come in, they'd be all like scared and be like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? And it's like, it's all right, you know, but if you fall asleep in here, it'll, it'll cause a bleeding nose, you know, so <laughs> it's sort of the adage that you have in the army, you know, it's sort of real old school. But what it did do is it taught me to get up in front of a, a large group of people regularly. And even though they're a captive audience and they're listening to you because they kind of have to listen to you and they have to be there and they're learning something, it helped me to overcome that trepidation and fear. Um, and I, I would still, you know, oh gosh, I, I would get up in front of two or 300 people at a time and have to deliver lessons. And then I would have to divide up a large group of people and run the fitness sessions and the uh, fitness assessments before they, they could actually get into the parachute school. They would have to pass those assessments. And, you know, those, those sessions would last hour, two hours sometimes. Um, and then throughout the courses, we would be in front of that same group again, demonstrating and doing a whole bunch of stuff. And every now and then, uh, you would have to go and get requalified to make sure your currency was there and you would jump on the same course with these baby paratroopers going on their first jumps and you'd walk out there with them like that and you'd be going yourself like that and they'd be like, oh my God, guys like sky guard or something like that. I'm like, I'm shitting myself just as badly as you are. No <laughs> but really, when, when, I, when I learned a podcast and particularly in business as well, um, presenting and doing instruction. I've done a lot of instruction uh, in digital marketing and helping people with their SEO and things like that. And we ran, my brother and I ran a lot of courses doing that. And that was always easy because it's instruction. But when I transitioned into podcasting like this, oh my God, I was straight back on that learning curve again. <laughs> It took me about 30 episodes to figure it out. You're yeah. much, much faster at it than I am, which is Do really you go cool. back and listen to yourself and cringe? <laughs> 
I don't really cringe. But oh, I that's think, good. That's good. <laughs> I, I think, how come you didn't know that? How come you didn't do it better? And why, why didn't you think about it like that or say it like that? And every now and then I've, uh, in the last week, I've been on two other people's podcasts and they were real pros, like really experienced guys, like four or 500 episodes each. You know, you get there and they're all ready for you and they're doing all these things and they're setting up and just their, their pre-interview techniques and then they get into it. And it's such a natural thing for them. And even though I'm a couple of hundred in it now, I'm sort of like, man, I've got such a long way to go. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I think it's never ending. <laughs> it's, it is a, it's a really, really good thing. Krista, uh, um, before we go down that path any further, because I want to talk about that a little bit more, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn about others that have gone all in. So can you please share with us your biggest goal in story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah. So I would, I think my biggest go all in story was about eight years ago when I quit my corporate life and quit my corporate job. Um, and looking back over the past eight years, every decision that I've made has really led me to the point that I'm at now. Um, but it was a big deal for me. So at, at the time I was working in learning and development, I had an amazing job and I had just been um, nominated. Well, I had just won an award for um, top professional in my field in the area that I lived in. Uh, but I, I had a situation that happened around that time where an employee came to me because even though I was doing learning and development, I also got a lot of employees that came for coaching. And this particular employee came to me because his spouse uh, was really struggling at her job outside of completely separate from our company, but it was impacting his work because his spouse was so depressed and stressed that it was causing him to be depressed and stressed at work. And he just wanted advice. And long story short, it was about a six month period in which I coached this individual and his wife was trying to find another role. Um, she had had a manager that she loved, they retired, a new manager came in and he was just, it sounded like a tyrant um, mm. and really made her life awful to the point where she became depressed. They had four kids. Um, she didn't interact with their children anymore. She would come home and go straight to bed. She was talking about ending her life. Um, and the, you know, you can imagine when you're in that state and you're interviewing and you're trying to find another job, you probably don't come across that great. No. Um, and I, I asked him at the time cause he was a really great guy and I really felt for everything that he and his family were going through, you know, why doesn't she just quit? Like, it's not worth it. Why doesn't she just quit? And he said, well, she can't because we just bought a new house. Our mortgage is too high. If she quits, we won't be able to afford the mortgage. Mm. And it just killed me. Absolutely killed me hearing that, that she felt stuck and, um, she also had had this dream of becoming a school teacher, but didn't feel like she could afford to not only quit her job, but then to also go back to school and, and do what she really wanted to do. And that impacted me so much that I decided right then and there, even though I loved what I did, I, I felt like there was more that I could offer the world and mm -hmm. more that I wanted to explore and experience. And I didn't want to get myself in that position where I felt stuck financially, um, where I couldn't make a move. So I decided to quit my corporate job and go pursue a different career. And I would like to say that it was <laughs> a, a happy decision and everything went well. But actually when I quit my job, I tanked emotionally because I hadn't realized how much my identity was tied to my job and oh, leaving it 
left me for about two years where I really struggled trying to figure out what my new identity was. But I'm still so grateful I made that decision because I went into yoga and I became a yoga teacher and I did yoga therapy. And I'm also feel guilty about saying this, but a bit of a Tony Robbins fan. I love him and I hate him at the same time. Like he, <laughs> he drives me crazy, but there's some great things that I think he really teaches. And um, I think the yoga that I learned balanced out some of his teachings. Um, but it's just been a huge journey where I think I've really evolved as a person because I made that decision. And even though it didn't work out the way I expected immediately, over time, I've, I've seen the impact that it's had on my life. So that was definitely a, a goal all in decision, just quitting my job and, and taking a risk to explore something else. And, and I do have to say too, I think so many people, especially you know, when I listen to your show and when I listen to other people who talk about going all in, they talk about going all in to pursue their passion. Mm. And I personally got it caught in my head that I need to find my passion. Like my life goal has to be about finding this passion. And it really caused a lot of angst and anxiety and stress because there was this idea that I wouldn't be happy until I knew what that was. And I think that's a bit of a myth. I do think some people do have a passion. They wake up, they know exactly what it is they're supposed to do. But I think there's a larger majority of people where that's not true. Um, there's not this defined idea of who you are and what you're meant to be. And, and I think what I've learned through my personal journey, as well as through interviewing people on the podcast that I do, is that to me, the purpose of life is really about living in line with your values. So if you get really clear about what it is that you value and you live in line with that, that's the purpose of your life. And it, it may not be tied directly to a career or the work that you do. Um, specifically, but if what you're doing is aligned with your values, that's where you're going to feel the best and then add the best value to the world. So it, that's my story. <laughs> it's, it's, really, it's, it's a really common, common story actually is that, but people get stuck. They don't have the, uh, for lack of a better word, they don't have the courage to, to go all in and to, to leave the thing that's making them unhappy behind. How long were you in that job for before when that happened? Like, were you there for a couple of years? Um, so I was in the field for about six years uh, and that job, I, I wasn't unhappy there. I, I did love, so uh, my first four years, I was with an organization where I wasn't, I was learning a lot. I was new, um, but it was a very bureaucratic organization and I didn't, in the United States, um, I don't feel that even now there's a lot of focus on people over profits. And when I moved to Australia, one of the first things I noticed joining the corporate world here is that there is much more of a relationship-based focus. And I know that profits are still important um, and it yeah. probably depends on the organization that you work for and where their headquarters is based. But I, I love that, um, that you, people seem to truly care about your well-being. And I think the laws and policies support that here so much more than they do in the States. So I, I did like my job. It's just I think it was that difference of knowing I like what I do, but I feel like there's, there's growth out there for me and I'm not going to get it if I stay here. Yeah. Um, so it was about six years of being in that field, left the, left the job right after winning a big award. So I had a lot of guilt around that um, and then kind of took a, a journey of going back to university and, and studying yoga and doing yoga therapy and consulting work. And so it, 
and, and I've kind of gone full circle where now I'm back doing the work that I started, but I have a very different mindset around it than I did originally. Yeah. You don't tie your identity to it, right? I don't, not at all. No. And I, I think as well, one of the things that I love about learning and development and through the things that I've learned through the Tony work that I've done and through yoga is that you can really, mindset is so important. It's 80% of it. Mm. Um, and so that's really where I try and focus my training and my teachings in the workplaces on that, that mindset and being very clear about what outcomes you want to achieve and why and having that empowering reason behind everything that you do. And I see massive change happen in organizations when you come at it from that standpoint and you know, the neuroscience that's coming out really supports that. So I think that's where my passion still seeps through into the learning and development where in the past it was a bit more traditional and how I approached it. <laughs> it's such an important story. You know, uh, I, I can recount a story of my dad of all people. Um, my dad worked for Qantas for 29 years. Um, and you know, back in the day, same as where you're from in the U S you know, people went to school, they went and got a job, they had a career and they stayed in that one place their entire lives. It was the mm -hmm. same here in Australia as well. And I think for about maybe 15 of those 29 years, my old man hated what he did. Hmm. Um, and it was because, you know, he was, he was part of the airline industry here in Australia and there was a continual process of rationalization. And I'm certain that the people listening and watching to this podcast would know what I'm talking about and they would know someone, maybe not from the aviation space, but certainly from an industry where it's a constant process of evolution. And in that process, what they do is they have continual restructures and in those yeah throughout those restructures, there's a bunch of people that get made redundant. They're like, woohoo, I just got 10 years worth of pay and I got all my super and off I go to do my career and to do all that. And my old man, they used to call it getting a tap on the shoulder. Like they <laughs> tap. My old man had been waiting for 15 years for that to happen. And he moved from job to job to job. And the trade that he did back in the, back in the day was as a tool maker. And his, his job and his role was superseded by machines by yeah. CNC machines. So he was made kind of redundant by machines, but they still needed his skill set. And then he trained apprentices and then Qantas stopped having apprentices. And then he was instructing other things and all these admin jobs and stuff that he just hated, just hated. And when he left, he was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I went, hey, come and work with me. <laughs> and at the time, I just got out of the military and um, he lived like, probably about 20 minutes away from where I was. And I was like, come and work with me. And he goes, what would I do? And I'm like, I don't know, come and help. Come and, come and be an offsider. Come and, come and help out. And he was like, all right. And I can distinctly remember that he, it was like the whole world had opened up to him. And it was a real pleasure because uh, my, dad, my dad has passed away now, but it was a real pleasure when I look back at it that I got to spend so much time with him. It was like every single day for a couple of years because he lived close and we used to travel to North Sydney together and drive around town together. But I remember in those first couple of weeks, he would look out the window. It was like he was from the country and he'd never seen the city before. And he'd look <laughs> up at the skyscrapers and he'd be looking around and it's back in the day before there was GPS, you know, and I'd be reading the street directory going, where are we going? Stop looking out the window, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I look back at those times really fondly, but I also feel a bit sorry for him in that process because he'd missed out on this entire world that was out there doing something that he hated for a large percentage of his adult life. And in the end, um, 
I sold my bit of that, that company and he stuck around there for a couple more years. And in the end, my old man ended up being um, one of those dudes in a red shirt that you see in Bunnings. <laughs> yeah. And he found his place. He found his place yeah. in the world. And my old man hated working in retail. Like he just, because of all the Bunnings BS that goes with any large company like that. And they were always understaffed, but he'd found his purpose. And because he was so skillful with his hands, he was so handy and he was so clever with people would come in and go, Oh mate, I've got to, I've got to drill this hole and move this and like, dude. And they'd say these the most random things. And I'd seen that he'd go over to the shelf, pick up the drill bit, give him the bits and pieces and go, there you go. That's exactly what you need. That's how you do it. Here's my phone number if you need me to ask a question. Oh, that's awesome. I need him. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good to see, right? And so I guess the lesson from what your story is and and my little lesson there from my dad is don't stick around doing something that you're just unhappy doing, right? Because it'll make you unhappy for a very long time. Yeah, and I think my experience working in HR for now, oh God, 14 years, um, (laughs) it's... I've seen a lot of people who are very unhappy um, in their jobs and and they make that pretty well known, especially mm-hmm. in the roles that I've been in. And you want to just say, well, why don't you just leave and do something different? But I think there's there's also this very real issue and challenge of you have to have an income and yeah. you need to be able to support yourself. And I think a lot of people struggle with, well, how do I do that? And one of the things that I would love to see change and is education more at the when you're in high school like educating on how to do a budget how to save and invest um because right now really we're taught through social media through advertising through marketing that the more that we make you increase your lifestyle that's kind of the the convention and so that people constantly feel trapped in whatever it is they're doing because they're not allowing themselves to really build wealth and to create that freedom to make different choices and to take a break or to take that risk to try something else. And that's really what I'm hoping to do through the new convention is give people ideas and stories around how you can start to live your life differently so that it really is aligned to what you value and you're not spending money just to escape the things that are making you feel bad. You know, when you, when you work all week and you, and don't get me wrong, I love going to the pub, but like you go to the pub (laughs) on a Friday and you spend 200 bucks because it was a shit week. Um, versus do you really value that? Is that going to the pub? And, and I do like, cause I get the friendships and the chats, but do you need to spend that money there? Or are there other ways that you could spend it that really align with your values and have that more long-term vision for yourself? And, and I think there are, I've learned there's so many different ways to live that I never even thought of that mm. are really cool. And one of the, my favorite examples, and I, we're working on this now, we haven't quite um, nailed it down yet, but we are looking to move and we do want more space and kind of the conventional way you think about moving is, all right, find a bigger place um, with more space and you pay more money. Mm. Um, that's traditionally how it works. But one of the things that we're looking at is, trying to find an owner that's willing to let us rent a large house. And we we're looking very specifically for a house that has a separate living unit in the basement or a granny flat of some sort that gives us a lot of space, but negotiating where they allow us to Airbnb that extra space. Mm. And that does provide actually a lot of benefits to the owner because through Airbnb, they get the host guarantee of a million dollars insurance. It gets professionally cleaned every time you have a guest stay. So your property is being 
better maintained and it has more insurance than if you had a family living there, for example. And then you guys look after it as well in the process. And then we look after it. So if anybody's, you know, being crazy and having parties, we're there. And ideally what you would do through that situation is you could almost pay for your rent, Mm. you know, and I guess I know we're in the COVID situation, so it's a bit different now, but hopefully with domestic travel, if it opens up, um, you could almost pay for your entire rent through Airbnb being something if you found the right location and it was nice and you'd have to definitely do your research. But there's a way that we can increase our lifestyle, live in an amazing place and actually pay close to nothing in rent uh, versus just thinking, oh, I need to go buy, you know, rent a place for a lot more or buy a place. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole point of the new convention is what are these cool things that you can do to live the life you want that maybe you never even thought of? Yeah, I love it. I, I love that a lot. Well, when you talk to people on your podcast about living differently and they have these new conventions themselves, these folks, they go away and, and they've found a, a slightly different purpose, right? Or they've found their purpose, but it's not what you think of before. I'm interested to know what it was like for you making a transition from the corporate world in the US to going to do something a little bit more harmonious with the universe in yoga. Did you discover your purpose there? Did that help? Was that must have been therapeutic for you in that transition period and that time to get over all of that identity crisis that you suffered from and all those sorts of things? Tell us about what that was like, because I, I know that there'd be a lot of people listening to this podcast now thinking, oh my God, I'd love to be a yoga teacher or a Pilates teacher. And I would love just to go and do that for a living. What, what was it really like? Okay. What it was really like is you're (laughs) running around from location to location, you know, trying to teach classes and at most you can fit in, at least for myself where I lived four classes a day. And by the time you get to the fourth class, you're teaching and you can't remember if you've already taught something or not because you've been teaching the (laughs) class all day. Um, Don't get me wrong. I had a, a lot of love for doing it, but it's not, it's not something unless you're really successful. I kind of, um, I don't know what the equivalent is in Australia, but it's like making the NFL, you know, the National Football League yeah, in playing, the States. Playing sport professionally. Um, to be kind of that top yogi where you really make a lot of money doing it. So you really have to do it because you love it. Right. Um, and it is a lot of a lot of work. And I I think to what I got the most out of out of my experience with teaching yoga and going through the trainings and doing yoga therapy was realizing, and I think this is an American thing. Um, I was living so much from my head and very logical and analytical, and I'm still very much that type of person, but yoga taught me to live more from my heart and to really get in touch with what is it that I value? Am I really living in a way that's going to make me happy or am I living based off of what other people say is going to make me happy? Um, and, bringing that kind of heart space into my daily living, I think is such a powerful thing that yoga really does because how much of our time do we really take to sit back and you not think about anything? Like that's the beauty of yoga, the meditation where you're just completely present in the moment. You're not thinking about, well, you're trying not to think about, you know, (laughs) what you're going to have for dinner or the work that you have to do. You're just fully concentrated on your breath and you're allowing that mind body connection to take place. And I think that's where a lot of our ability to get in touch with ourselves comes from is when we create that space for ourselves. So whether you do it through yoga or Tai Chi or meditation, I don't think it really matters, but some sort of practice in the mindfulness space is very transformative if you do it on a regular basis. And I know when I get really stressed, I'm 
in that space now because um, I'm working just insane hours. Mm. I know the skills and tools that I need to go back to to get back into a good space. So I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, uh, but I know what to do when when things get a bit out of control. And, and so yeah, I, I think as you get a little bit it. older, you, you have a bit more awareness, a bit more self-awareness and mindfulness, as you say, of, hey, man, I feel like I'm slipping here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I, true. I felt exactly that way yesterday um, <laughs> when I was making dinner. And... Uh, the the day it ended had been a hell of a day, and it been it had felt like it was uh, really disjointed, like I was being pulled in five different directions, and I did everything but I did nothing, and then I was like mindlessly like looking at the fry pan, I don't know, I don't know, tossing something, and I just thought to myself, this sucks, <laughs> that sucked, and yeah. and you know typically after dinner I would do something like personal development related, you know, I'd watch something on YouTube or I'd read a book or unplug from something but i was like you know i'm not doing that tonight i'm just gonna watch a movie and i put yeah. a war movie on and just sat there and just like I don't, I don't think i even really watched it to be honest with you i was just kind of went through them and i went to bed like light in bed at quarter past nine thinking thank god the day's over <laughs> <laughs> we all have those days right that's yeah just- and i think that's so important for people to realize because when you you hear and see people being successful you think oh they they're portraying their life is so perfect and they've got it all figured out and they don't get stressed and they don't get into these positions where they're like, what the hell am I doing? But <laughs> I think that happens to everybody, you know, on a rather consistent basis. It's just learning practices so that you don't stay in that space mm-hmm. um, and that you're able to kind of pull yourself out and move forward. That's what really makes the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you a, uh, uh, maybe a little personal question. Maybe tell me to, if it's not appropriate, <laughs> say, say no, Rob, that's not appropriate or is a safe word or something like that. Sure. <laughs> maybe the safe word is like platypus or something like that. That can be funny. Uh, I, wa- I wanted to ask you that, uh, you, you kind of in a, uh, I, I know you from us working together and, uh, working on your podcast and the new convention and putting that together you, you've had to work really, really hard to make that happen. Um, and I, I was in awe of your ability to kind of, the way I describe it is you, you dig in and you hold the line and no matter what you did it. And I was like, man, this girl is really going all in <laughs> real deal. I'm watching it in action. My life is like easy compared to yours. Like I don't have that corporate job. I don't have that but you've got the corporate job, which is really stressful, the COVID stuff that's going on as well, which is really stressful. And then you're trying to build and launch something like that. I, I wanted to ask you, how on earth did you do, do that? Like, I was in awe <laughs> of that. Sometimes I ask myself that as well. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it came with a toll. I, I am feeling pretty burnt out, but I think I was just so excited about the project. And I every time I found somebody to, someone to interview, I would get so much value out of that. Mm. And even though I was working ridiculous hours, you know, I think I told you, cause I have meetings that 24 hours a day, you know, mm. 10 to midnight, 7am just constantly. And so anytime I had a gap, I was trying to fit in moving forward with the podcast. And there was points when I <laughs> wanted to just quit everything and, um, go on holiday for like three months and, and not look at technology ever again. Sadly, but. we couldn't, we couldn't do it, right? <laughs> is that, is that the trick? Is the pandemic is the trick? Yeah, the I, I, 
I do have to say the pandemic actually helped me because I also, when, when I was working outside of the pandemic, I had a three hour commute every day, an hour and a half mm-hmm. to the office and back. So Gosh. I did get that time back um, in my life. So that gave me some more space. But I, I got to the point where I just, I told myself, just do one little thing a day because I would set these goals. This is the whole thing with goal setting, right? Like I would set these goals. I am going to find five people that are living differently and I'm going to reach out to them and I'm going to do that every single day. And I would get to the end of the day and I feel like shit and I'm tired <laughs> and I'm like starting to research and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to bed or I'm going to watch Netflix. Like I'm done. Um, and what I realized is I was creating these goals that were really for the amount of time and energy that I had unattainable. And so it's like, well, do you really have to contact five people every night? What if you just did one? Like, what Mm. if you just contacted one person? Because then I'm actually still moving forward. I'm making, I'm reaching out to one person. I'm not, and then I can still binge my Netflix to try and recover from my massive day. And and I'm making those little steps where before when I would set these big goals, it was too overwhelming and I would do nothing. Yeah. And then there would be four or five days that would go by and I hadn't done anything. And then I'm feeling like shit and I'm mad at myself. Uh, but just giving myself just one little thing to do every day, I feel good because I know I've accomplished something. I know I'm moving forward and I'm actually making more progress doing those tiny steps every day than trying to create these big, massive goals for myself. I love it. I love it. That's great, great advice and, and great feedback for anybody listening, wondering how to fit it all in. Um, when I, you, you would have seen in the masterclass that I created recently, I put a, a, uh, a time calculator that I call my 168. And what it does is it, is it highlights to you where you're spending your time. And uh, if you're watching this or listening to this, just take a little peek at your phone and I'll put the link to it in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, just scroll down, I'll put a link there to it as well. And the, the 168 kind of highlights how little time you have left over at the end of a busy week. And if you feel like you can't fit something extra in, it's probably because you can't, probably because there's no extra time and you need that downtime. You need that. I need to watch three episodes of something on Netflix. I don't care what anyone says about time management. I yeah. need to switch off my brain and a guy needs to recharge a testosterone in his brain. Women need to do the same sort of thing as well. And it's important that you have that downtime with your partner or by yourself or whatever it is. But gosh, you know, one of the things that I've learned to do over the years is focus on process over outcome. I set my goals, big, hairy, audacious, ambitious goals. <laughs> I set them. I know what they are. But then what I do is I reverse engineer and work out what I need to do every moment of every day to close the gap from where I am to where I want to be instead of focusing on that goal. Because if I look at that goal and go, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. One of the goals I set for myself um, just recently as we come to the halfway point in the year as the start of July was I wanted to record 100 interviews um, in the next six months and I wanted to be interviewed another 100 times as well. And I went out to my network and I secured like 12 interviews in like one email that I sent to, I don't know, maybe 20 people. Then I asked one of my, one of my mates to help me out. Um, and I got booked on 10 podcasts in like one day and I'm like, well, I'm a 10th of the way there, (laughs) nine nine tenths to go. And I'm only like two or three days into the, to the goal. I'm going to, I'm going to kill this. It'll be easy. So just focus on that process. Then the outcome follows right behind it. Right. Yeah. And I think too, you, you got to really 
know why you have that down as a goal. Um, Cause I do think a, a lot of times we put goals down for ourselves. And if, if you get clear about why is this a goal for me? Why do I want this? Mm. Asking those questions is so important because sometimes you realize that maybe it's not even your goal. It's a goal that somebody else has for you or that you think that you should have. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm guilty of that. And, and that's when you don't achieve it because there's not that really purpose driven why behind it. And if you know why you want it, um, and that's when there's days that I thought about quitting and just, you know, throwing the podcast out the window because I was so <laughs> exhausted, but it's, you always just go back to, well, why do I really want this? Mm. And what is one action I can take today to just get myself re-energized and reconnected with that purpose? Cause it is, it is so easy to get disconnected when, when life gets hectic. So I think that's so important is, is to check, is this really the goal that I want for myself? And do I know why I want it? Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment there as well. One of the really good things about the Simon Siddick start with why stuff. Oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what is that? I'm just discovering that women really like this guy. Oh, he's been around forever. <laughs> he, he has, he has. But I'm like, really? He's a bit geeky, nerdy, like what? No, no. Intelligence <laughs> is really sexy to most girls. <laughs> it's funny. He's an intellectual. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, deeply intellectual, right? Yeah, I, I love how he talks about the golden thread of why that runs through everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And that's really helped me in the last couple of months. Believe it or not, I've been like struggling like you creating content. When I, I created my masterclass after you finished your podcast and it, recording 20 something videos, scripting, scripting, editing, and then reading it out aloud four times, then putting it up on the teleprompter and delivering it, recording it and editing it. Every time, every video is probably a five hour process, six hour process. Maybe. Yeah. And, yeah. And I don't understand like that. 20 videos or something like that there. And you know, it's a hundred hours worth of work and then it's a website and it's a business and it's all of that stuff. And I went end to end in three weeks. I got it inside of 21 days and it was purely based on uh, focusing on the process, not the outcome. And the very last video that I shot was the sales video because I didn't start with how are we going to sell this and why would somebody want to do that? I knew why they would, but I, I figured by the end of it, I'd know better how it was. And um, it was a cathartic process to be finished. And I'm so glad that's out of my head and it's no longer <laughs> in, my, in my head. And, I, and I, I feel like I don't have anything in there wanting to come out. There's a couple of things there that I need to sharpen up, but nothing that I want to produce. And it feels really good to have achieved that goal. It's like just such a relief for that to have happened for myself as well. And I know when we launched your podcast, it was like, oh, fine. it was. And I think I'm saying this knowing that I am a guilty of it. But one of the things I thought of when you're talking about just getting it done, even though there's some things that you want to sharpen up is not having to be perfect. And I know, you know, that I wanted to be perfect the whole time, but um, that's a huge roadblock to thinking that it has to be perfect. And now that it's out there, you know, I can hear so many things in the recordings where I'm like, Oh God, that needs to be edited. I would do that differently. And that yeah. that's critical talk, but then people listen to it and they come back and they're like, Oh, that was really good. I really enjoyed that episode. And it's like, Oh, you didn't notice all of the sound mistakes. <laughs> and, <laughs> really? And, there was mistakes in there. <laughs> so I think that's important too, just being willing to not have it perfect and just put it out and know that you can make changes and adjust over time and yeah, just yeah. got to move forward. Keep just moving forward. <laughs> start with what you've got and begin right now. That's the old adage, right? You know, you, you don't have to wait. It's like, it's like looking for happiness. Like I'll be happy when I make 
$400,000 a week. No, you won't. You can be happy now. Don't worry about the money. Be happy yeah. now and the money will show up type thing. You know, that's a Tony Robbins adage, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Krista, tell me about the feedback you've been receiving from the podcast. You just kind of alluded to a little bit of it there. Has people said, hey, wow, I can't believe you did that. Wow, that's that's." <laughs> um, yeah, no, people have, you know, and a lot of the people that I think are listening are acquaintances of mine. So they may be a bit more friendly and generous, but um, the people seem to really enjoy it. And I think, I think that it's the topics that people are really interested in because I think most people at the back of their minds are like, is this the way that I should be living my life? But we don't, again, take that time to stop and reflect and think about what we really want and is there a different way to do it? And so, so many people have been coming to me and saying, oh, wow, especially like the podcast people love the most are the ones around money because I think yeah, that's um, a, a big topic right now for a lot of people and you know yeah. how how can you do retire early how can you retire in 15 years off a normal salary and you know mm -hmm. how can you live a more digital life and um and things like that so i think people are are interested in it and it's just hopefully going to continue to get better as i find more people that are doing things differently so if you're listening and you live uniquely uh, look me up <laughs> i'll connect you yeah absolutely <laughs> on that note you could just look at your phone and all the details to connect with you <laughs> They're right down there if you're watching on YouTube. So nice and easy to do that. Have you had anybody hate on you? Um, not yet. I don't think I'm big enough yet for the haters to come out. Not that you know of. No one's gone, oh my God, that was so terrible. Not to my face, no. Uh, but you know, I think one of the beautiful things about aging is when you get into your mid-30s, you just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> 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 where I used like to me. care a lot what people thought. And now it's just like, I don't care if you don't like it. <laughs> As I was building out my masterclass, um, I developed a bit of a process for myself where <laughs> I wrote the topic. I knew what I was going to write about. I would watch some content from a course that I'd done from my coaching course that I'd done. And then I'd go to YouTube and I'd, I'd look up that same subject and I'd, I'd watch at least three or four Ted talks on it. And there was this funny, funny one that I kept seeing that I hadn't clicked on. And for the people listening, uh, the, the, the way it looked in the thumbnail in YouTube on the right hand side of the screen, there's a picture of a guy pointing at his temples and he's on stage. So you can kind of see him on a photo from the side of him and he's on stage looking at all these people and he's like, got his look, look on his face of like aggression pointing at his temples. And I kept seeing it, but I didn't stop. And I eventually I stopped and I saw, um, and I'm like, and it says, how to not take things personally. <laughs> I thought, that's a good one. I'm going to watch that. And it was like, it's really, really good. It's taking things personally is, is very, uh, very detrimental, especially when you put out things publicly like a podcast or a YouTube video or something like that. Yeah, it's because it is it's scary exposing yourself to the world and there's always going to be haters. And to me, I mean, I get... I think probably more haters at work <laughs> yeah. um, with the work that I do. Um, and you just, I think one of the things also from yoga that I've learned that really helps is when any, whenever somebody's attacking me in a verbal or, or you know, written way, just realizing that whatever's going on in their world is, is their problem really it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, so that's helped me a lot to just disconnect and, and not, personalize it as much not to say that i don't get my feelings hurt sometimes i do <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm lucky as well i haven't had a lot of haters um i've had a few people say oh that could be better and yeah. 
it's almost like constructive criticism and I'm like maybe it could which part exactly <laughs> yeah you're right it definitely it definitely could be better but i haven't i've never had in a couple of years of doing this now i've never had anybody go oh that's terrible or your shit or that guy's an idiot i've had a few people say that they don't like the guests particularly if they're a little bit famous Oh, I don't like that guy or you know, mm-hmm. that guy's an idiot or they're not hating on me. They're just saying that they don't like the guest or anything like that. And it's very tempting in YouTube to press that like hide comment button or delete or block. But I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I don't, I'm not the censor of the world. I'm not the censor of somebody's opinion just because I disagree with their opinion of something. I just let that kind of go. Have you got a plan in place if somebody's hating on you? I'm just not going to read it. <laughs> oh, you're not going to be like, oh, no, that looks negative. Move on. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the hateful Twitter things that they do on those like late night TV shows. Oh yeah. You know, Miley Cyrus gets up and reads all the hateful tweets that she gets to her like that. It's like yeah. horrendous. People are awful. Yeah. I don't think, you know, I don't think that I would really necessarily engage unless they did have a point. Um, Cause I am always willing to learn and get feedback that mm. I have no problem with you know, criticism or quote negative feedback if there's something to be learned from it. But if it's just somebody being mean, uh, I just ignore it. <laughs> if you do, don't take it personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find that thumbnail. I'll put it in the show notes. It's really cool. Really cool. Yeah. So what's, what's this podcast going to turn into you, into for you? You're going to, do you have some subscriptions? Do, can people get some exclusive behind the scenes content? What's that look like? Yeah. So right now um, there's some exclusive content, it's extended versions of the episodes and as well as some resources that people can access. And that's really to support the podcast so that we can continue to produce it. And the more subscribers that we get, the higher level of production we can do. So if you, if you really like it, subscribe, help us continue to do it. But more long-term, I think my passion really comes from helping people live life from their values and so eventually I would like to start teaching and engaging with more people on that topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that my guests provide so much value as well. It's not that I'm saying that what my guests are doing are the way to live at all. Um, yeah. It's just that there are lots of ways to live and, and being open about the possibilities and discovering what possibilities exist hopefully will help other people to become more open about what it is they want. So long term, I goal is really to help support people through that purpose and that journey and, and hopefully get people to start thinking more openly about what, what kind of life do I want and how can I make that happen? And, and I would really encourage the listeners and viewers to, to check it out. Some of the, uh, the topics, you know, one of the topics <laughs> that will kind of get you hooked in there straight away is how, to, how, how your friend Shah has an open marriage. Yeah. So it's, and I think marriage is such a funny topic too. I mean, I, I cover off on all the major life topics. So, you know, finances, career, relationships, uh, lifestyle, even, you know, to the point where I'm getting more into sustainability as well, like looking at our consumption of animals. I, I do eat meat, so <laughs> no judgment, but I, really the, the I, treatment. I almost didn't want to eat meat after <laughs> listening to that episode ever again. I'm uh, like, I've actually almost completely cut it out. Um, yeah. I really just eat it now if I'm going to someone's house and they're serving it. But um, so I'm, I'm not a hater on it. It's just really taking a close look at the way that we live in society and asking, is this really the best way to live that's going to cause the least amount of harm, not only to ourselves, but to the world in general. And yeah. so some of the exciting things that I have coming up touch on those areas as well. If somebody wants to kind of leave a lighter footprint on the earth, how you can do that. So explore, I explore everything, but yes, the, the open marriage is 
Um, there's a couple topics on that. And I, I love the topic of relationships and marriage because everybody has such a strong opinion about it. And <laughs> if you think about marriage today, um, it's actually pretty new. Uh, the, our, our definition of marriage, this idea that you find somebody that you love and you have children and um, you stay in a marriage for the rest of your life and it's just the two of you, that's a new, that's a new thing in the mm. scheme of things as far as the history of marriage. Marriage used to very much be a contractual obligation you know, for peace treaties or to acquire more land, um, to bring families together. And it was very much a no-no to marry for love until probably I think the 19th century because when people are in love, they make stupid decisions. Um, so, you know, you get married for financial gain or for whatever, you know, other reasons. And so I, I think I've learned so much from those episodes too, just the importance of there are such strong opinions about marriage. Mm. Um, and there's very strict kind of rules as a society that we put in place around how we think people should behave yeah. in a relationship. And and I, I like to say, like, if if those rules make sense for you, that's amazing. Mm. Keep living that way. Um, no judgment whatsoever. But if you're finding that those rules don't really work for you, why not change them? You know, why not have a second partner if that's what's going to make you and your partner happy? Or, mm. you know, why not live separately? Maybe you don't want to live together and you could live in two separate houses and they'll it's not saying that anything's right or wrong. It's saying you got to find what works for you and the people that you're involved with and, and create your own rules and stop caring what other people think. Yeah, that was a real eye-opener for me in that episode because she covered off on a bunch of different things. And I know that's a, um, it's a juicy, juicy topic as well. And yes, there is plenty of discussion about sex in there as well. And oh, yeah. You have to get into the extended episodes to get to get that. You get the content in there, baby. It's worth you open, open marriages and sex. That's an extended version. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay $5 for that. I'm in. I'm, in. I'm all in. You're talking to the goal in guy. Come on. <laughs> Too easy, too easy. Hey, Krista, uh, as we close out the podcast here, we're bumping up against an hour. Uh, if I met you 18 months ago and we tried to do this a, a year and a bit ago, launching your podcast, would we have got it done? How would things have been different for you? You know, 18 months ago, I was in a different role. Um, I actually worked four days a week. I loved it. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> so I would have had the time. Here's the thing. Back then, I would have had the time to really get this done, probably a lot quicker, but I probably wouldn't have had the drive and the urgency. Um, so that's the, that's the thing with time, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's the drive and the urgency that's really going to make you successful. We, all, we always think it's about time, but it's really about what you make a priority. And if you're comfortable, which I was very comfortable in my last role, uh, there's not really a whole lot of fire underneath you to make changes. And so I think even though I have really struggled and I'm working crazy hours, the fire was there to keep me going. Um, so <laughs> it happened said. when it needed to happen. Yeah. Nice one. Nice one. And what's on the horizon as I asked the inverse of that question, what's on the horizon for the next 18 months for you? For me, it's like I said, I've learned so much from my guests. It, really everything that I've learned has completely changed my life. I, I went to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Joseph McLennan III. He is kind of Tony Robbins' right-hand man. Um, but he's just, he's a phenomenal public speaker and he's, he has a really interesting story. But one of the things that he said that really stuck with me is he would read all of these books and he said, you know what 
the difference between me and other people who aren't successful is. It's that I actually implemented what they told me to do in the books. In the books. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, that stuck with me because you can learn all this in, inspirational stuff, but unless you actually go out and you do it, yeah. your life's not going to change. You can have all the knowledge up here, but you actually have to action it. And so for mm -hmm. me, some of the things that I've learned, I very much want to implement my life and I've already started doing that. And so it's, I'm excited to see how my life will change based off of the things that I'm learning from my guests. And I hope that the podcast will continue to grow and inspire people. But if nothing else, just knowing that my life is moving in this new positive direction and the possibilities that I never thought of before are, are becoming open to me. It's, it's such a gift and I'm so grateful that I've gone down this journey from a very selfish standpoint as well. So I hope yeah. others also get value from it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Beautifully said. And, and congratulations on, Thank you. on that. And we wish you all, all the best and know that it's going to be successful. You know, somebody like you driving that with the passion that you have for it, it can't not be successful. Krista, I can't let you leave the Go All In podcast without putting you in the Go All In podcaster's <laughs> hot seat. couple of random questions. Have a little bit of fun as we close out the show here. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm dying to go traveling. This COVID oh, thing too. is killing me. It's killing me. I want to get on a plane <laughs> and go somewhere. I'm not sure that that's a very good idea. But uh, well, hey, what's, the, what's your favorite holiday destination that you've ever been to? Um, probably Japan. Oh, yeah? I love Japan. We went a couple years ago and I had a goal in mind that I was going to go back every single year and spend weeks and weeks there. And I even took Japanese lessons. Um, <laughs> I was so terrible that I, I quit halfway through. So that's not a very go all in story, but it was humiliating. I would go to class and they would have you speak out loud and nobody could understand me. Um, I, I just, I don't have an ear for language, really but I, I just, I love it. I love the food, the culture. It's just, Japan is gorgeous. It's very diverse and it's landscapes. And um, yeah, I would love to live there someday. Have you seen the cherry blossoms? So we went during the cherry blossom season, but it, it was, you know, the season's never perfect. And we went kind of at the tail end. And so we missed it. We saw like a few. And have you been <laughs> up north to the snow parts? No, not yet. I've heard the skiing is amazing. Yeah, that's um, why I'm so asking you. I've heard that a fair bit. Yeah. 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 Nice one. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, uh, what's a skill that you've not yet mastered? Language, as I <laughs> just mentioned. Can <laughs> Konnichiwa, yeah. That's what I got. That's all, that's all you're getting from me. I can say hello in about 10 different languages. That's it. Yeah, that's, it's a start. <laughs> Maybe thank you as well. I've got to thank you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, what's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? Um, I would have to say that, and I know this is something that other people have probably heard, but we often overestimate what we can achieve in the short term and underestimate what can be done in the long term. Um, and I think that goes back to the way I was talking about setting goals earlier. Um, I would set these massive goals and try and get it all done in a short time frame, and then hate myself because I didn't do it. <laughs> Where if you just make those tiny steps forward every single day, it may not seem like a lot of progress in the short term, but if you give it enough time, you'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe I accomplished all of that. And if you can live your life that way in every area, I think you're going to make some huge moves um, without, yeah. 
Yeah, beautiful advice. Excellent. Well, before I let you go, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can reach me on um, my social media. So if they visit the new convention on either Facebook or Instagram or email me at the new convention at Krista FM. So that's like a radio station. Uh, <laughs> FM.com. It's actually my name, Fraser Marquardt. Um, so those are the best ways to contact me. Awesome. Too easy. And if you're listening to this podcast, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to Krista's socials and her email will be right there and a website as well. And make sure you check out that podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, just scroll on down and it's right there in the show notes for you as well. Well, Krista, thank you so much for coming on the Goal In Podcast, sharing your story. That was an important one. And congratulations on getting your show live. I'm so proud of you. Uh, oh, thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. I really could have. could have. I just kind of nudged you <laughs> in the right direction and the whip a couple of times, but <laughs> I needed it. You definitely did need that. Yes. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to give you the, uh, the opportunity to have the parting shot. What do you got for us? What's the, what's the final word? Final word of wisdom. Yeah. Um, I would say write your goals down every single day. Um, do that and you're 90% likely to achieve them. I've done it. It's amazing. Get clear about what you want. Write it down every day and you'll be amazed what you can achieve in 90 days. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Well, Krista, thanks again for coming on the Goal In podcast. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Krista, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to her website and socials are right there. And make sure you pop on over to iTunes or Spotify and hit that subscribe or follow button and take a, a little peek at her podcast as well. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and all of the details are right there in the show notes as usual. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Go All In socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goallin.com.au to find out more. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.
again, then I stop myself for a while.